Hi, I'm Charles Gauthier, President and CEO of the Downtown Vancouver Business Improvement Association. The DVBA is so proud to support this daily podcast series that is helping our community navigate through these trying times. As we all settle into what we hope is a temporary new normal, please consider helping support our local businesses. Whether it's by getting takeout from your favorite restaurant or giving a local shop a great review, it all adds up. Thanks everyone and stay safe. Welcome to Coping with COVID-19, the daily podcast from the journalists at Business in Vancouver. I'm Kirk LaPointe, publisher and editor-in-chief. Good to have you with us today. We've been hunkering down now remotely or in seclusion, I guess, in some sort for a couple of weeks at least, and very few businesses are up and running, certainly not up and running fully. Um, uh, Our experiences, uh, however, are not necessarily terribly different than other jurisdictions that have preceded us in this crisis, and we can learn from them on what we might expect from Hong Kong, for instance. A, a Vancouver digital consultancy, Appnovation, with 15 offices globally, has uh, has a lot of experience, a lot of relevant experience for us to understand now that can help us locally, personally, in the uh, in the community, in business, of course. I'm joined now by Scott Wasmer. He's general manager for the Americas for Appnovation. Good to have you with us. Hey, Kirk. How you doing? Yeah, good. Uh, boy, uh, you know, we can learn so much from people who preceded us. Um, have you noticed particular patterns in the first, say, two, three, four weeks of how countries, cities, individuals have have, have coped? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we are very lucky in the fact that uh, as a global company, we, we generally try to learn from experiences across the board. And our team in Hong Kong has been extremely helpful for us as we're actually going through this right now. They obviously uh, started having to deal with this in January, uh, many weeks before we did. And because of that, uh, we've been learning all of the different kind of stages that Hong Kong businesses, our business went through during the different weeks of this uh, this pandemic as it, as it hit Hong Kong. And it's amazing because there are just so many similarities right oh, now. Yeah. If you and we're only at the beginning of this. We're we're only in you know week one and week two, depending on where you are right now. And because of that, we're seeing that you know what happened in week one and week two in in Hong Kong is is exactly the same thing. So what they went through in the first couple of weeks was really a little bit of shock, uh, a little bit of shock to their system because not only was everybody kind of dealing with the emotional effects of the pandemic, but they were dealing with all of a sudden having to work from home and all of a sudden changing their their entire lifestyles to a, a place where they just really didn't get the chance to interact with people, interact with clients, interact with, with anyone really in the same ways that they were used to doing it. And so they've given us a lot of really interesting tips and tricks on, on how to get through that first couple of weeks, but even more so given us kind of what to expect over the next three, four, five, six weeks, however long this, this lasts. Yeah. I mean, it, 
try to help us here just in a general sense, uh, and I'm really hoping I get the, the right answer, the, the answer that I want from this. Sure. Does it get a lot worse, Scott? You know, it, it, it goes in stages. And I think that a lot worse is kind of relevant, relative to, to what, um, what it is that you want to be experiencing. So I think that, you know, the, the shock to the system starts going down. I think that, you know, what we learned from our, our, our team in Hong Kong is that it took about two weeks for people to A, adjust to being at home, uh, B, adjust their schedules to understand that, uh, you know, you don't have to be working 24 hours a day. And just because you're at home doesn't mean that it starts at eight in the morning and ends at eight at night. You know, it, it, those kind of things started uh, started happening for them and, you know, they got past it. They learned how to create a routine for themselves. They learned how to start reaching out to people in different ways. They, they learned how to have empathy because the fact of the matter is everybody's going through this. Nobody's alone and everybody's feeling the same kind of frustrations, fears, anxiety that, a, a, across the board. Now, Going into weeks three and four, the nice thing is people started getting into a rhythm and it was that rhythm and that cadence that really started helping people kind of normalize and actually help a lot of businesses start normalizing. Hmm, that's good. You know, I think individually, we all are, we're creatures of pattern, obviously, and, and our workplaces provide us to some degree with, with a certain pattern. Is the initial issue that people have to get over the fact that maybe they can't be as ideally productive as they as they would have had they had all of the accoutrements of an office or, or a workplace of any sort and, and the critical mass of their colleagues around them? Yeah, and, and that was a point that really came across when we were speaking to our team there. I think the the ideas that you are going to be as productive as you normally are need to, to need to be brought back a little bit you aren't going to be as productive as you normally are um there is a lot it, and it's funny because it happens in a couple of different ways one it just really takes time to, to learn to work from home it takes time for people to understand the best way to do video conferencing. It, under, it takes time to understand the best ways for people to connect with each other. That stuff takes time for people to adjust to and to be able to, to move forward with in their business. But the other side of it is there's a lot of business that happens at the water cooler. There's a lot of new ideas and, and new new thoughts that happen when you're just having casual conversations and those are very productive and they, those help everybody move forward. And a lot of people are missing those right now. Yeah. The, is, is anything emerging out of the team that you've got that is kind of the, the virtual water cooler? Yeah. You know, we are as a company doing a lot of things right now to try to create those virtual water coolers. So we are doing uh, video happy hours. We're doing video lunches. We're, we're doing, we've actually created a lunch and learn series uh, for the next few weeks to be able to make sure that we're coming together as a community and to be able to make sure that the team knows that 
everybody is there and nobody's disappeared. We're all just working in different environments. Yeah. Look, one of the shocks, and I, I, I think we feel it where we are, I think I, every business I've spoken to in the last couple of weeks has felt the same thing, is just this sudden shock that nobody is communicating with you anymore. Because they're, <laughs> they're like everybody else. They cannot figure this out right away. So... How do how do you if you're in well, almost every business has to have customers and clients and a network out there? How do you how do you surmount a little bit of that almost psychologically to make sure that it doesn't tank you? Yeah, I, I think that it means that the conversations need to change, and the the types of conversations that we were having or having with our clients in the past really started with business. It was focusing on the business at hand and, and just trying to ensure that everybody was being as efficient as humanly possible. That efficiency starts going out the window with all of this. And the, what I've instructed my team is it's okay to spend 10 minutes at the beginning of every meeting understanding how everybody's feeling right now. It's okay to have that empathy for your, your teams, your clients, everybody that you're working with. And it's okay to actually let everybody know that, again, they're not on their own. We, the, you know, the, a lot of the questions that you're asking right now about what did we learn from Hong Kong and what have we learned and how are we adapting that to our, our local markets? We're actually sending those out. We're actually, we've created a weekly newsletter that is going out to a number of our different clients right now just to say, by the way, this is kind of what happened in week one and week two in Hong Kong. This is what you can expect in week three and four. And this is what to expect in five, six, seven. And so we're, we're constantly keeping a, a line of communication going, but it's not about business. It just truly is about that personal touch of we know you're not alone maybe you can learn some of the lessons that we're picking up just by reading some of this work. So what surprised you the most? There are a couple, so a couple things that have surprised me the most. I think that um, one, there is actually still a lot of business as usual in a number of different sectors right now. And I think that there are a lot of things that are actually really doing well and some things that are, are, are not going to be doing as well. And it's, I think it's the, the thing that's surprising me the most is, is actually some of the, the sectors that are actually doing extremely well uh, that I would never have even thought of. Like consumer packaged goods right now are just flying off the shelves in some cases and, and they can't even keep up demand. And then in the other side, uh, you know, things like people aren't buying kale. They're buying Doritos. So those sorts of things are those those kinds of things are actually surprising me because they're they're part of that like, macro really level. We're going for a little comfort for a little while. <laughs> absolutely. But do we is this not the time for a few guilty pleasures? Oh, absolutely. Of course it is. And I think everybody's enjoying those for sure right now. Yeah. But again, to your point, it it gets better, right? I mean, people begin to adapt and they start buying kale again. Yeah, you know, we probably forced to do that at my household. But, uh, but, but that said, uh, you, you get to that point where um, 
there is a new normal that emerges. Now, in what you're seeing in Hong Kong, um, do you think that their work patterns now are shifting almost in a almost a semi-permanently way, a permanent way? It's interesting, and, and that's a really interesting question because there are a lot of people who actually who just want to work from home at this point in time. Like that is something that has been. Um, it's been a trend, especially in the technology industry for, for quite a long time. And I think that you will find people that, uh, are more productive by, uh, by working this way. I think some of the challenges that actually come from that is that you learn, you, you actually lose some creativity and some innovation when everybody is separated. And so I think you, you, it'll come down to trade-offs later down or later on down the road of is this actually more productive for you are you getting what you need or you know are, are there trade-offs that you want to make as a company to be more productive but maybe less creative drive people back to the offices and, and be more creative and maybe a little less productive it, it, it all is a balance and and in the in the technology industry it is something that we have been trying to balance for for years now yeah, but now it's per, it's possible that a lot of companies are going to look at the experience of this, and of course it may last for a while, and there probably are, are many twists and turns we're not predicting. But if you were to take a look at this in a linear way and, and yeah. come out the other side, might it offer companies maybe a little, a little bit more flexibility in how they consider their workplace to be organized and, and what what kind of presence that they're expecting upon their employees and how much accountability that they'll ensure that they have if they're productive offsite. I mean, all of these factors have a, sounds to me like real opportunities in there for business to, to mature. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the things that's really important here, especially for a lot of businesses is this took everybody by surprise. You know, there are very, very few companies that are actually built to allow for work from home and telecommuting in a sustained way, in a in a way that actually keeps productivity going. And there are a lot of companies that can't even do it. Um, this is, I think, going to change a lot of companies' contingency plans. I think this is going to change a lot of companies in the way that they they look at their infrastructures, that they look at the way that they they manage their employees. And I think that, you know, cloud systems like Skype and Zoom and and those sorts of things are, are going to be started to take a little bit more seriously right now by a number of, of, of different organizations to ensure that they're actually set up to be able to do this if it happens again, or to actually set themselves up for that more flexible working environment if that's the way they want to go. Obviously, when you're hiring people, you really want to find out if they're collaborative. Of course. Uh, this is probably giving us the real test of whether they are. Yeah. But do you think out the other side of this too, there becomes a, uh, a different model that employees have around how much they feel they need to have in the way of flexibility to jump in and help each other as opposed to strictly defining what they do and and what they don't do in a place yeah I, I to be perfectly honest with you one of the things that we've constantly looked for is a little bit of flexibility when when it comes to our employees you know 
in, in in structures where you have individuals that are just focused on a single task and they can't really get outside of that task, it, it makes it really difficult to deal with some of the peaks and valleys within an organization. Everybody's going to be busy at some points and then not as busy in other points. And so we've really focused on making sure that we have people within our organization that they have a specialty. They they have something that they really focus on, but they're they're able to actually help out in a number of other areas and they're able to help out really quickly. I think this this whole pandemic is actually creating a real interesting case study around the idea of resourcing and how do you resource your staff in a way that keeps business continuity moving forward, but allows for the flexibility that's kind of needed at a time like this. Yeah. Do you think that it means that a lot of companies are going to have to seriously reevaluate the degree to which they've been training people and providing them with kind of ongoing education on the job to make sure that, because we do know we will have more coronaviruses and probably have other disasters, that that in a way they're, they have a, a, a contingency that isn't uh, as much of a shock to the system. Yeah, I, I think that that is something that's going to be extraordinarily important moving forward. I think that, you know, long-term education for employees is important across the board. And, you know, it, it helps not only future-proof business and, and you know, in, in a number of cases, stop some of the challenges that, that companies might be facing right now with, with this specific, uh, you know, situation that we all find ourselves in. But I, I think that all companies should have some sort of idea around continuous learning because it only helps them in the long term. I want to go back to the Hong Kong experience and ask about uh, one of the things that I think you're, you've noticed, which is, of course, that you actually get to know people better out of all of this mm-hmm. you know that in a way that you know that barrier or the cubicle or what are the office or when you're all on a, a you know a skype call or a zoom call and and you get a little bit uh, more of that what do you think are the healthy long-term implications of that once we're reconnecting back at the workplace you know it's it's, it's funny you ask that because it's something that i've been thinking about quite a bit recently. And, you know, I can't think of a, a time uh, as in recent memories where I've been in touch with my parents as much as I am right now, or calling my direct team as much as I am right now. And, you know, I think that this has been a forcing mechanism for people to reach out to, to others that they haven't necessarily spoken to in a long time, uh, reach out to people that they do work with, regularly but but do it in a more um social way i I think that it is going to be interesting to see what happens with communication after this uh and and personally actually i hope that uh what this is doing is it's it's making people feel a little more connected to a larger community uh rather than you know the individual that happens to be right beside them i think that especially for organizations that have multiple offices uh, throughout the country and, and maybe even throughout the world, we're, we're teaching everybody right now actually how to do this type of communication in a better way and, and hopefully create um, a stronger communication channel within the organization. So nobody yet, and that includes Hong Kong, has really come out of this. No. Uh, 
obviously, you know, we're ex expecting perhaps other phases of it as well, uh, even though it appears that some cases in, in certain countries have declined. Um, and I've been looking a lot at, at, at um, what was written, you know, about, say, war veterans and people who have, who have experienced that kind of uh, protracted trauma of mm -hmm. uh, battle. And, and I know it's, you know, I know the, the exaggerations can uh, can get into this field a bit. You know, this isn't necessarily war, but but in a lot of ways, it's it's a it's a war with our own psyche at times, um, and trying to to cope with it. What I wonder about is is there anything that's being learned elsewhere yet about how about not just the resilience of people, but in some cases their non-resilience and and what we have to do maybe to help people prepare for the next time? Yeah, I think that there's a few things that uh, that we've learned. And, and one of the things that uh, was a massive jolt to the system for our Hong Kong office was the fact that they actually did go back to work. We, we you know, they got to a point where uh, there were there were no new cases. Uh, they they thought that things were safe. And companies started sending people back to work, and and we've actually now recalled everybody, and and they are they're back to work from home. I think that that in itself is actually one of the things that that we have learned, which is you can't necessarily start jumping back and forth on this sort of thing. It, you, you know, it's it's hard to say. All right, in two weeks, where everybody's going to go back to work. And then two weeks comes up and then it's like, no, 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 everyone stay home. And because you're, 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 you're repeating the cycle, you're repeating that kind of traumatic experience over and over and over again. So I think that one of the things that we're, we've learned is, is to make try to make sure it's the best we can, because nobody can predict this, but um, make sure that we are maybe going back a little slower than we had originally thought or originally planned. We, our latest communication is not that uh, we have a date when we think that people are going to be going back, but we're, we're looking at it week on week and we'll make sure that it's safe for everybody. But we, we want to make sure that we're not repeating the anxiety over and over again, because that is what's going to create a lot of the long term effects that are going to come out of this. Um, you know, I, I think that this is this is a, a massive global test. I think that this is something that is unprecedented at this point in time. And I think that as a whole, we're going to learn a lot here and hopefully, you know, make it make it better the next time. Yeah, I know that a lot of people compare it to things like the Great Depression and, and obviously to other flu pandemics and all that. But, but in a way, we we've also never had the technological bridge that we have. Uh, and and we're obviously learning uh, quite a bit about how valuable that's been. I mean, can you imagine this happening even, I don't know, 15 years ago, what we would have been like? You know, it, it's, it's interesting because if this had happened 15 years ago, you know, I, I don't think it would be as... I, I, I think that business has changed actually quite a lot in the last 15 years. I think that global travel and global businesses has, has increased dramatically, which has helped obviously in the the uh, the overall global effects of this. But 
I, I think that there are there are two things that would have been great and, and would have been a little worse uh, if this happened 15 years ago. I think that we wouldn't necessarily know as much around about the, the pandemic around the world and, and how it's treating everybody. But at the same time, I don't know that we would have had the exact same information funnel that is just giving yeah. contradictory information left, right and center. So it's... Uh, you know, I, there would be good and bad things, I, and I think that a lot of uh, a lot of people are, are spending a lot of time trying to get as much information as humanly possible, and the, the challenge is that they have a hard time understanding where to get that sometimes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I'm last question, and it has to do with uh, again with the, the psychological impact of all of this. Are you at all beginning to get a sense from? offices like your Hong Kong one and elsewhere where they are ahead of Canada in terms of the, the timeline on this, about their their willingness to socially gather again? Is that coming back at all yet? I don't think it's coming back at all right now. Uh, I think that you have some areas of the U.S. where or, or some demographics in the U.S. that might be uh, ignoring some of the the challenges that might be happening right now. I think that's happening in Canada. I think that's happening in uh, the U.K. And I think that's happening in Hong Kong. I think that there is a yearning for social engagement again. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time before everybody feels fully comfortable to be in large groups of people and, uh, you know, wondering what uh, what the person beside you is coughing because of. So I think it is going to take a little bit of time. I think that, you know, from a company perspective, we'll make sure that uh, we're, we're keeping our team's health and safety in it, it is the top of mind when we're doing this and it is the number one priority for us. So it's even, you know, going back into the office environment. Do you want to, you know, we don't want to do that too fast and, and make anybody uncomfortable. So... Yeah, got quite a, quite a lot of stuff to, to concern ourselves with. Uh, Absolutely. It's been a, a, a renewed education in how to manage and how to operate a business. Huh? Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that's, that's new and interesting. Again, we're really fortunate in the fact that we have uh, a number of remote workers. So we had the systems in place. We had the processes in place. We were able to kind of switch in a day and start working this way there are just a lot of companies that that are that are not quite there right now yeah yeah well look it's been a great conversation scott i really thank you for giving us a little bit of a a heads up on what's to come uh, you know I, I think that there are a lot of lessons to learn and people can go to your site and and maybe uh, see a bit of this information well at Appnovation. so thanks for your time today yeah thank you very much i really appreciated the conversation Scott Wasmer is the General Manager of the Americas for Appnovation. You've been watching Coping with COVID. I'm Kirk LaPointe. We'll see you next time.